Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Craig Ware. He is an expert on taxes, and particularly relating to IRAs and 401ks. Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Craig. Hey, thanks, Jordan. Looking forward to being with you today, and uh, thanks your listeners for uh, tuning in. Just give us a little brief background about you leading up to writing these books about IRAs and 401ks. Sure. Uh, so I've been in the financial planning business for, gosh, longer than what I really want to admit, but uh, 38 years now. I had my own private practice uh, for a Three decades, uh, sold that many years ago, but uh, prior to selling that, I kind of was pushed into a corner by a guy who came to me after listening to a talk radio show I did, and he challenged my paradigms and the industry paradigms about Roth conversions and paying taxes, and kind of pushed me into a corner of trying to answer a question for him from a fiduciary standpoint. And it kind of changed everything. What I learned was a lot of the paradigms and the myths that we are led to believe by the typical institutions just aren't really right. And so that launched me into doing a lot of stuff for my existing clients. And after I sold the practice, then I started this business as a way to just really specialize and focus on the Roth conversion piece. Very good. Before we get into all that, just give me a general comment on your view of the, the debt crisis we have, uh, raising the debt ceiling and what would happen if they don't raise the debt ceiling and how that might affect taxes? I mean, this is like a seminal moment in American history here. What is your view of the whole situation? <laughs> well, you know, I, I think every time the debt ceiling issue comes around, we uh, they lead us right to the precipice where everybody's afraid that we're going to fall off the cliff. And unfortunately, what happens is they raise the debt ceiling and we get more, we get more debt. Uh, you know, there are a lot of... Uh, political bantering and chest beating that go on. I, I don't believe that they're going to let us default. The world as we know it will come to an end um, if the, financially if that happens that way. So we'll end up with a nation with more debt and more issues and more need to raise taxes and more of the same stuff we've had for the last 30 or 40 years, I guess, Jordan. I mean, that's, that's probably not an economist answered for you, but it's kind of a guy out here in the streets that's talking to people to answer for you. Part of the law that was passed last year was uh, dramatically increasing IRS enforcement, adding whatever it was, 87,000 agents. How do you think that's going to affect taxpayers? You know, I've talked to several CPAs about that, Jordan. Um, they They don't really believe at the end of the day it's going to have a lot of teeth to it. It's going to be a whole lot more people on a payroll. But CPAs that I've spoke to anyway are kind of jaded in their opinions about how, what's the right word, proficient those 87,000 people are going to be in coming in. Certainly they'll pick targets and they'll focus on areas, but, you know, normally they focus on the business owner who has more opportunities for deductions and that sort of thing. But, um, I don't have an opinion beyond what the CPAs tell me because they're the ones that get to deal with it day in and day out. I know I don't want one of them knocking at my door, <laughs> but um, I'm not I'm not overly concerned about it other than the impact it has on making our government payroll just that much bigger. Do you think there is a massive tax gap that many, many people 
are not paying billions of dollars in taxes that they owe? Oh, gosh. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that, do you think that, that it's that big of a problem? I don't think it's as big as they think it is. I think some people do it, but on the margin. I, I don't think it's billions and billions of dollars, but I may be wrong. But that's the premise of the whole thing is that, uh, you know, there's hundreds of billions of dollars in unpaid taxes that they're going to get by hiring these 87,000 agents. So and do they think that they're, do they think that those hundreds of billions of dollars are owed by individuals that are skirting the laws or do they believe that it's businesses and corporations that are doing that, Jordan? A little bit of both, but probably more businesses because businesses have much more chance to yeah, yeah. manipulate things in various ways. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. we'll see what happens. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. So let's go to your core topic here. So let's talk about the Roth IRA um, instead of your IRA or 401k. Let's just start with the basics. Uh, why would you want to put money into a Roth versus a 401k or traditional IRA? Well, Money that goes into an IRA or a 401k, you get a deduction for it when you put the money in there. You get a tax deduction, and so you do not pay any taxes on that seed that you put in. And many of your listeners have been doing that for decades. But there comes a point in time where you have to pay the piper on those gains. And it's either when you're forced to do it because of required minimum distributions, depending on your age, um, or when you decide that you want money out to go do whatever you want to do, whether it's as simple as supplement your lifestyle or uh, go buy a car or a vacation home, give a gift to a family member, whatever the case is. Roth IRA is different in that you do not get the immediate tax deduction for it, but every dime that's in it stays totally tax deferred and totally, actually I should say, totally tax free, not only for the rest of your life, but when you leave it to your heirs, they don't pay any tax on that amount either, other than obviously whatever estate tax exists. They don't pay any income tax on it at all. So the benefits are you still get the, you still get the compounding without having to pay tax on it. But in a Roth, there's no paying the piper moment down the road. So uh, if you have a choice, should you always pick the Roth first before the 401k traditional IRA? I think that depends on what stage of life that you're in. I, you know, a lot of people presume that because I'm kind of the Roth conversion guide that I believe that it was a mistake to put money into 401ks or IRAs or to continue to do that. And I don't, I don't believe that's the case. I just think we're at a really interesting point in our history where we're at 50 year lows of income tax rates. So I think that there are some people who, um, let's say if they're, I'll just, I'll put it this way to you. My 31 year old son and his brother who's 28, my advice to them is load up your Roth as much as you can today because tax rates are really low. And I've even given them kind of a, a flashlight down the path that says, and when they increase tax rates, then you may want to, when they go back to what they were, you may want to reconsider whether you do a combination of tax deferred and free in the Roth. There's... Uh, for the people who are listening in, let's say they're 55 and above, and that maybe they're in their last few years of making contributions to something, um, our advice to them overwhelmingly is to put as much as you can into your 401k that you get a match on, and beyond that, max out the Roth 401k option in your plan, or 
use that cash flow to convert massive amounts of money so let's from talk, the IRA to Roth. Yeah, so let's talk about the conversion. So um, you, you you have your traditional Roth you put money into. You've got money in an IRA. Uh, at what point does it make sense to do a conversion? At what point does it not make sense to do a conversion? Um, you know, for the most part, um, can the, your uh, your need to convert is going to be based upon what the resulting required minimum distributions are going to be and how those are going to impact your life, if that makes sense to you. So if you have a more modest IRA balance and it's going to grow and it's still not going to be a huge amount of money and the resulting required distributions that are going to come out of that are not going to cause your Social Security to be taxed, not going to cause you to go into higher Medicare premiums, then you probably don't need to do any conversions or, at all. But for the lo a lot of the people that is really kind of the demographic that I wrote the book for, which are what I call the IRA millionaires out there, Joe and Sally that have worked for 30 years for a company and they wake up one day and they got an IRA, they got an IRA or 401ks that are a million bucks or more. That's not a hard line, but it is an indication that they are probably going to pay more tax during retirement than they pay during their entire lifetime primarily due to the required distributions and the impact that they're going to have on the other areas of their life. So conversions are really predicated on a lot of very personal financial situations, but at the core of it is that question of how big of an impact are your resulting required minimum distributions going to play in your financial life for the rest of your life? Now, there Make sense? Yes. There have been some changes recently in the minimum Required distribution. The age has come out a little bit. Is that correct? It has. It has. Um, so if you're under, oh, I forget the number. I don't commit all this stuff to memory. But if you're under 63 years old, I think it is. Your your RMDs are not going to begin until you're 74 years old. Um, for those that are a little bit older than that, they get a reprieve and they got one more year where instead of RMDs at age 72, they're now at 73. So somewhere between 73, 74 years old is when those required minimum distributions are going to happen. And most people really have never really projected out what their balance is going to be and what the resulting taxable income is going to come to them from those RMDs. And that, that's where the big problem lies. So you're saying people are surprised when they get to that minimum distribution and they have a much bigger tax bill when they do a conversion and they know what they would expect. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 100%, absolutely. And most people believe, most people believe that they're going to be in a lower tax bracket in retirement. And while they may have lower income in retirement, a very small majority, a very small minority of people actually are in a lower tax bracket after they retire. Their income is lower but the brackets are wide enough in our marginal tax bracket system that they normally aren't going to pay a lower rate of tax than what they would during their working life. So the whole strategy of delaying taxes because you're going to get a lower tax rate in many cases is not predicated by reality. That's our reality. I mean, that's what we've seen working with thousands of people is that most people do not enjoy that perceived benefit that they think they're going to have when they retire. And so then it comes down to when do you want, what, how much control do you want over when you pay taxes 
and how much tax you pay over the rest of your life. Yeah, indeed. All right, we're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Craig Ware. Uh, he is an expert on IRAs and 401ks. One of his books is called Paying the Piper, Seven Tax Traps Hidden in Your 401k and IRA and Strategies for Planning Your Escape. You can find out more at his website, craigware.com, spelled W-E-A-R, craigware.com. We'll be back after this. Nobody likes the guy who says, I told you so. The guy in 1991 who said to you, invest in the internet, it's going to be huge. Or the guy in 1997 who said, come on, this is going to be big. They call it social media. And the guy in 2009 who said, I'm telling you, man, crypto is real. Now, I'm not going to be that guy who says, I told you so. But I am telling you that there is a 21-year-old international company where you can become a global project partner, earning a passive income doing exactly what you're doing at this moment. No selling, no recruiting clients, no administering a business after hours. Visit www.mypassiveincome.life now. That's mypassiveincome.life. Don't let history repeat itself on this one. Earn a passive income. Now listen again. That's mypassiveincome.life. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Craig Ware. He's an expert on IRAs and 401ks and Roth 401ks and IRAs. His book is called Paying the Piper, Seven Tax Traps Written in Your 401k and IRA. Welcome back to the show, Craig. Thanks, Jordan. So if you're collecting Medicare, how are premiums impacted uh, when you do a Roth conversion? Well, the Medicare system is very interesting in that uh, Medicare Parts B and Part D, as in David, are income-based premiums. The other part, the other parts are specified by federal law to be a set amount, but the Part B and D premiums in your Medicare um, actually are based on whatever your tax returns say is your, it, it's, it's a technical definition of modified adjusted gross income, but let's just call it whatever your, whatever your adjusted gross income is off your tax return. And so uh, the significant part of that is the more income you have, the greater your Medicare premiums can be. And that, for a married couple, that can be as much as a total of $15,000 a year compared to the base premium of $164 a month. 
And so what a lot of people do is they are very shy about getting taxable income while they're taking Medicare. And one of those, one of those things that they back away from is doing Roth conversions so that it becomes more than what those thresholds are in the Medicare premiums, uh, how the Medicare premiums are calculated. So what I failed to say is that there are actually thresholds, kind of like a marginal tax bracket system we have, but the more income you have, it can push you into paying a higher premium and even more is even more higher premium. So there's like four or five different scales in there. So a lot of people, when they consider their Roth conversions, they back away from paying a higher Medicare Part B and D premiums, but what they end up doing is they subject themselves many times to even more total Medicare premiums over their lifetime, especially because when all of a sudden the required minimum distributions kick in, I mean, if they've got 60000 of Social Security and another 50000 in pensions, and then they start doing RMDs of, say, $80,000 a year that come to them off of a couple million dollar IRA, now all of a sudden they're forced into paying higher Medicare Part B and D, and there's nothing they can do about that. They missed their opportunity to lower those IRA balances when it was most timely to them. So you got to be, you got to watch it. But like, you know what I, the analogy that I'd like to draw, Jordan, is not doing Roth conversions because your Medicare premiums are going to go up is like the proverbial stepping over a hundred dollar bill to pick up a one dollar bill. Yes. Um, it it makes no sense at all to stop at the lower levels. You're better off to rip off the Band-Aid strategically over the right number of years at the tax bracket that really optimizes what your best strategy is, which would be totally different from the guy that you're playing golf with or the lady you're playing bridge with. Yeah, and in many cases, doing it earlier, you may pay a little bit more in Medicare premiums, but in the long run, it'll, it'll definitely save you a lot. Well, you know, we actually do a lot of those calculations um, for some of the people that we, well, for everybody that we work with. And what scares people is they see that there's, and there's a, and many of your listeners will know this, you probably already know this, but there's a two year delay in the, they look back two years into your tax return. So you, you can go out and do your merry little thing this year and next year, but then the IRA, the Medicare is going to catch up with you. They're going to see your tax return. They're going to come in and they're going to bust you for a higher Medicare Part B and D premium. And so when you do the conversions the right way, uh, you actually will pay more in the short term, to your point, but totally over your lifetime, most people can save, if you're in that IRA millionaire kind of status, um, you'll save 80 to sometimes we've seen as much as $150,000 of total Medicare premiums over your lifetime by taking control over your conversions and doing them faster rather than slower. But the, the uncomfortable part is you have to pay a lot more tax in the early years than what you would normally have paid for the benefit of paying millions of dollars less in tax over your lifetime. And the same is true with the Medicare premiums you're talking about. To your point, you will pay more Medicare premiums for a few years, but as soon as your conversion strategy is completed, four, five, six, seven, eight years, and all of a sudden those Medicare premiums drop back down to the minimum and they'll be the minimum for the rest of your lifetime. Yeah. How is your conversion strategy different than the traditional conversion strategy? You say you kind of came to a, a, a moment of enlightenment about how everybody was doing it wrong. What is it that you're doing that's different than most way people plan their Roth conversions? 
Yeah, that's a great that's 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 a great question, and I've I've been asked that a lot of times, and I think the the simplest response is what's different about what what I teach and if you will preach is that I don't have any paradigms. I don't make any assumptions about what you shouldn't do or what you should do. We just simply have done the complete math. We look at what would happen if I don't do any conversions and how much projected tax do I think I'm gonna pay and what is my resulting tax adjusted net worth over my lifetime. And then, I, and then we just go out and we run the numbers on every scenario. What a lot of people do and a lot of what's out there in the financial media and financial institution is that you should only convert at the top of, a current, of your current tax bracket. And while that could be true for some of your listeners that maybe have smaller balances in their IRAs, that's totally not true for that IRA millionaire. And there's a lot of people out there that are in that, that category. They also will tell you that you should not convert if you go to that Medicare premium surcharge that we talked about earlier. Yeah. You, do you have some of these worksheets on your website at craigware.com or is, is it something people can do on their own or do they really need a professional to run all the different scenarios? Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to be so arrogant as to say somebody can't figure this out on their own. I think, you know, if they have a, really good grasp on Excel spreadsheets and they really understand um, net present value and understand the Medicare thresholds and the marginal tax rate system. And if they're willing to say, I don't care what rate of tax I have to pay to save a million dollars in taxes. I'm willing to, I'm, if they're willing to open their mind to the fact that a tax rate higher than what they think and a conversion amount greater than what they could even fathom in their mind would be the right thing today. If they can put those aside and they're good with the technical parts, I think they can figure it out. We do have workbooks and worksheets that people can access through our, our website and they can, they're not designed to try to teach people how to do it. I've discovered in 13 years of specializing in this that it is very personalized. And as soon as you change one one data point, it really changes the answer to everything else. But, you know, we, we try to provide education for the consummate DIYers that they can at least enhance their own spreadsheets. You know, we got a lot of really smart engineers as, that have come to us as clients, and they've decided that having a professional do it is kind of just an insurance policy, Jordan, you know, because our average client will save $3.2 million of income taxes over their life and for their heirs. And they'll save eighty to a hundred thousand dollars of Medicare premiums. Now, I think they could come. To, I think they can find the answer themselves if they can lay down their shield and their defenses and just seek truth. Seek where do I maximize my net worth after taxes, and where do I maximize the amount of tax I can avoid over my lifetime? If they can do that honestly without without the paradigms that we all take of, I don't want to pay more at a, I don't want to pay at a higher tax rate. If they can divorce themselves from that thought process, then I think they'd get a good stab at it. But with, a, with millions of dollars of savings online on the line, a lot of people choose to have one of our CFPs just kind of run through the numbers. We develop proprietary software where we're able to kind of prove those points to people and show them 
you know, plain and simple. But all the concepts are in my second book that um, you and I have talked about, Roth Conversion Secrets. You know, I get into the five biggest mistakes that people make, and we try to kind of talk them through that so that they can open their minds up. So the bottom line is a check. everybody's a little bit individual, and you have to look at all the different aspects to see what's optimal for you. It's not a standard the way people kind of think of it, the highest tax bracket. But that's that's basically what you're saying. That's 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 exactly right. It's it's never been a standard answer for me. Um, two people that have the same net worth, but it, different income and different details behind it, have a totally different approach to what's best for them yeah. in doing their conversions. Let's talk about the time value of money impact on your savings by paying tax sooner rather than later. <laughs> yeah, that's a that that is uh, something that we we get to answer a lot. Um, you know, if you took and we we probably probably doing this in audio form is not the best um, way to describe it. But if you just if you did the math, if you had a hundred thousand dollars that you were that you were going to convert, or you were going to leave and let it tax deferred. If you ran the same rates of return for the same number of years on both of those, scenario A said, I'm just going to leave it and pay the taxes as late as I could, or I'm going to pay the taxes now, take the hit, and let it grow for the same period of time at the same interest rate assumption. At the end of that 10, 12, 15 years, whatever the assumption is you made, you're going to have the same amount of money on an after-tax basis. So where the real state, what you're really doing by deferring it is you're just building a greater, I'll use a big word, contingent liability out there for the IRS. All you're doing is you're building a, a greater amount of tax that you're going to end up paying or that your heirs are going to end up paying. The benefits of doing the conversions is that you're avoiding the Medicare premiums and more importantly, you're insulating yourself from the possibility of what we started the segment or started the show talking about, what happens if the government makes a decision and tax rates go up, what rate of tax do you want to subject yourself to later because you failed to take control of the tax bracket and the amount that you can pay today? Do you think it's ever possible that the government would take away the Roth IRA? I mean, it's popular, but it's if they were to take it away for future people, that could raise them some money. They're looking for revenue every way they can get. Is that possible? You know, I'm sure it's possible. I mean, we elect 435 people, and then they go do whatever they feel like they want to do. Um, but I think where the real, where the real concern for a lot of people who've saved a lot of money and are considering doing big Roth conversions, is that they're they're concerned that all of a sudden the government's going to come in and say, ah, never mind. You know, all that tax-free growth that you were going to get, um, now we're going to start taxing you on it. I, I just. I mean, could they? I guess they could. I don't think there's a politician on this planet that has the political willpower to make a decision like that. And the Secure Act 2.0 proved in in a variety of segments that they really want people to do these conversions. They're encouraging them to do it. They're encouraging corporations to do contributions, elective contributions and matching contributions into Roth accounts. That That is just not that's not the typical path that our government has taken when they're going to restrict access. I mean, think about it. They need the tax revenue, Jordan. And yes. what do Roth what do Roth conversions do for them? 
it gives them an, an, a massive amount of tax revenue. Right. And the benefit, the benefit for your listener is it gives them a, a, a huge amount of relief from tax in the future. Now, do I think my 28 and 31 year old sons may not have the same Roth opportunities as the rest of us? Yeah, I do. I do, but I don't think they're going to take it away from people who do the conversions. That hasn't been what, that has not been the type of decisions they've made in the past at that big of a level. Well, that's good to hear. Very good. We're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Craig Ware. He's an expert on 401ks, IRAs, Roth conversions, things like that. You can find out more at his website, which is craigware.com. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Craig Ware. He's an expert on IRAs, uh, Roth IRAs, conversions, uh, 401ks, things like that. You can find out more at his website, craigware.com. Welcome back to the show, Craig. Thank you, Jordan. It's been a blast. Enjoy visiting with you. We talk about the seven tax traps uh, in your book, and let's start with number one, uh, which is sources of retirement income. How can that be a tax trap? Well, if you think about it, um, if you do what they tell you to do your entire working career, what you develop are these incredible pockets of money that generate income for you, whether you want it or not. Um, The biggest of which is that uh, 401k balance. And the tax trap is that all of a sudden you've got this huge amount of savings and now you're forced to have required distributions or you're forced to pay taxes 
on any distribution that you make, whether it's forced or not. So your Social Security can be taxed and will be if you have too much other income. Your pensions are going to be taxed. Um, and now all of a sudden, all the money that you saved inside the 401k is also going to be taxed. And so the tax trap is that you uh, were not necessarily got the greatest advice on how to diversify the taxability of your income throughout your retirement. Okay, a tax tap trap number two is you say talk about time to pay the piper. So timing that. So how do you avoid that tax trap and paying it at the right time? Well, boy, that we could do an entire show on that, right? Um, so the the whole I guess premise to that tax trap was realizing that if you don't take control over when you choose to pay taxes you will be forced into the required minimum distribution rules, which will add up all the other income streams, including those forced amounts from the RMDs, and you will have no choice as to when you pay the piper, and you will have little ability to impact what rate you pay. Whatever the rates are, at the time it happens for you, whether it's 10 years, four years, or 20 years from now, you're going to just subject yourself to whatever the marginal tax brackets or whatever tax system is that we have in the future. So the contention is to avoid the trap, figure out when it's best for you to pay the piper. And for the people that we do a lot of work for, paying taxes sooner rather than later is better as long as you get that optimal tax strategy where you don't just save taxes, Jordan. You know, a lot of the conversation around Roth conversions has a lot to do with avoiding tax. But we got to remember that we don't want to let the tax uh, tail wag the financial dog. And so you have to do this at the right pace. Uh, we've discovered that if you get really energetic about doing Roth conversions and you, you kind of drink the Kool-Aid, uh, we get people on the phone with us sometimes that they're just ready to convert everything right now and be done with it because they got enough resources they can do it. And that's normally not the right answer. You do it too quickly, you lower your net worth. You'll save a lot of money in taxes, but you lower your net worth because you pay too much tax too quickly. If you do it too slowly, if you convert too slowly and you pay the piper um, where most people are, are advised at the current tax bracket or just X amount of dollars, then you end up paying it too slow and you, in a lot of cases, we demonstrate mathematically to people that they end up paying more tax during their life by doing that strategy than if they'd have just not even done any kind of Roth conversions at all. They actually kind of step in it and cause a problem for themselves. Yeah. Uh, tax trap number three is distribution and rising income tax rates. We talked about that a little bit, assuming the tax rates are going to go up and how that should affect how you do your conversion. So explain tax trap number three. So I, I think what I was getting at there in that first book was um, that your distributions change over time by two elements. The balance of your IRA at December 31st of each year and the tables, the required minimum distribution tables that are produced by the IRS that dictate how much you have to take out. So if you didn't, if you, what a lot of people don't realize is if they had no investment return at all, 
the RMD factor goes up by 20% every five years, Jordan. So if, if, if this year you have, let's say you have $2 million in an IRA, and this is your first year to do a required distribution, that's going to be roughly $80,000 is what your required minimum distribution is going to be. Five years from now, not counting fantastic growth or loss in your IRA, that 80,000 distribution is now going to be $96,000. And five years later, it's going to be another 20% higher. And five years later, another 20% higher. And so the only way to beat, the only way to win that game is to use the IRS's rules in your favor. Um, there's nothing illegal about it. It's totally, it's totally legit to make it work, but you have to be willing to do, put in the work or put the resources to work for you to figure out what is your best distribution because I'm not, I mean, your best conversion rate, because what we're really trying to get to is a point where when your RMDs would have normally taken place, Jordan, what we want to have happen is enough income to take care of your lifestyle and a low enough and a, and a much lower taxable income each year because you get the, the required distributions down to either just what you need or you get it totally converted and now you're just pulling money out of your Roth IRA, which is tax-free. Yeah, very good. Tax trap number four is a risk of a large tax bill to your heirs. So they've changed the rules now. You just The Roth IRA cannot go on forever. It has to be distributed within 10 years. So right. how do you avoid the, the trap of having a large tax bill for your heirs? Well, um, the simple answer is get it converted. Um, get, get the right amount out of the IRA so that the heirs don't pay the tax. And, you know, Jordan, a lot of people we talk to are probably no different than a lot of your listeners. Some of them are going to take the attitude of, um, gee, I, you know, if I leave them a million bucks, then that's on them. They can pay the taxes however they want to. And that's fine. If that's, I mean, it's your money, you earned it, that's your attitude toward it, go for it. But realize that they're not going to get all that million. What you've just done is you've said it's okay for some percentage of that to go to the federal government because I failed to do any advanced planning. You know, if you've got a million bucks and you leave it to two kids, they're each going to have a half a million dollars to pay taxes on. And of course, none of us would even try to project what their tax brackets are going to be, but a half a million bucks can easily, you know, if it's 25%, you've just left 250,000 of the million to the treasury. Your kids get, your kids get three something each and the federal government gets 250 in taxes. Um, whereas if you get the conversions done right, you can actually do it where the government gets their little bit in advance and at your death, they get nothing and the kids get all the rest of it. If you do it early enough, then you can make it to where the kids actually get more because it's in the Roth and tax free than if you just left it tax deferred and then people just gotta have to figure out, you know, how do we pay the taxes on it? Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense, yes indeed. Uh, tax trap number five, we talked about Medicare, but also Social Security. So how does doing the conversion affect your Social Security? Yeah, and I don't, again, these are numbers I don't have memorized, but if anybody out there is on Social Security or has kind of looked into it, you know that um, there's just a certain amount of other income that you can have outside your Social Security before your Social Security becomes taxable. And I'm going to say my memory comes up and tells me it's around $44,000 um, 
if you know the right answer, tell me. But it, let's say it's forty-four thousand. Um, if if your RMDs are fifty thousand, now you've got that fifty added into your tax return, and now all of a sudden, whereas the year before your your let's say you had fifty thousand of Social Security, your fifty thousand of Social Security was totally free of any tax at all. But now just the existence of your required minimum distribution makes that 50,000 RMD taxable, but now it causes up to 85% of your social security to be taxable. So that one event of an RMD of 50,000 now is gonna make um, $85,000 of taxable income to you, just because you just waited and let the tax rates do its number on you. So the solution is to take the conversion earlier so that doesn't affect your social security that way yeah that would be optimal but man we've got you know probably the majority of our clients found us after they started taking social security and it still works to do the conversions it goes back to the whole medicare thing don't let the little bit of pain that you have to crawl through for a few years dissuade you from several million dollars of, of tax avoidance and potentially the same or higher net worth than what you started with. Very seldom do we have people do accelerated Roth conversions like we teach and end up with a lower net worth on an after-tax basis. Very seldom. That, that does happen occasionally, but they find that even in those cases, Jordan, those people have told us it's worth it to me for that little bit of a decrease I had to know that I'm now insulated from whatever could happen next in income taxes because most people believe if asked, most people would say, I have no idea what's going to happen, but I believe tax rates are going to go up. And so to insulate oneself earlier rather than wait just seems to make a lot of sense. If you called the IRS as an average taxpayer, would they give you this kind of advice on how to do your distributions? Oh, I don't. I, I, I can't imagine that they would. I've never asked that question. That might be an interesting that might be an interesting project for somebody on our team to do that, <laughs> just to find out what they really would do. You know, you can't call one of the major institutions and get this kind of advice, Jordan. So I don't think you're going to get it from the IRS. You know, most of the institutions have got these massive number of financial advisors that they have to oversee and deal with from a compliance standpoint. And part of the challenge is that they do not, want the liability of their financial advisors out giving this type of advice because they don't have the tools and the resources to be able to support them with with that kind of um, information that they might give to people. So I, you know, if some of the smartest and the best financial institutions in the country aren't willing to give this advice, I find it hard for the IRS to be willing to give tax advice also. We have a hard time getting CPAs to grasp these concepts of accelerated conversions also, Jordan. It's not until they see our work product that, that we get to convert them over to the from the from the dark side over to, over to our side. <laughs> to the light. Very good. That's right. That's right. Very good. All right. We're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answers Show. My guest this hour is Craig Ware. Uh, he is an expert on IRAs and Roth conversions. Uh, you can find out more at his website, craigware.com. And you have a website you want to give them as well to get a copy of the book. So give them what that would be. Yeah, so the copy of my new book, uh, in, they can have, we've arranged because they're listening to your show, they get it for free. It's info.craigweir.com forward slash 
money answers info.craigweir.com forward slash money answers and you get a free copy of Roth conversion secrets absolutely free very good we'll be back after this from the boardroom to you voice america business network are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to truth and equities mortgage equity optimization system a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24 7. if you own a home with some equity have a decent credit score and verifiable income you owe it to yourself to learn more about truth and equities program there's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Craig Ware. He's an expert on IRAs and Roth conversions and 401ks, things like that. You can find out more at his website, craigwarewear.com. Welcome back to the show, Craig. Thank you, Jordan. It's been a lot of time. Seven questions. The seven tax traps. Number six is the risk of hidden medical expenses. So how does that affect uh, your conversion strategy? Well, you know, when you have, when you get later in life, uh, especially, you kind of think about um, how do I take care of some of the medical expenses that could happen. How do I take care of maybe assisted living or long-term care? And unless you really have done a fantastic job of saving money outside of your IRA, where is that money going to come from for most people, Jordan? It's going to come from their IRA. It's going to come from their regular income as long as it lasts, right? And then it's going to come from their IRAs. So when they, when they, don't do conversions and they or their family need to take 60,000 a year out to pay for a long-term care facility. When they pull that $60,000 out, it comes with a tax consequence. And that tax consequence could be that it's causing their social security to also be taxed as we've talked about. But at the very least that 60,000 is maybe gonna, maybe now those medical expenses instead of 60, by the time you add the tax on it, it becomes 80. And so uh, whether it's long-term care or assisted living or just just medical expenses, unless you had the money, the foresight to put it in a Roth or in an HSA or somewhere, one of those kinds of accounts, it just causes all the medical expenses to be a lot higher. And gosh, all the statistics that you and I both have read and that your listeners are very well aware of, those medical expenses later in life can really be a significant number. Moving it to the Roth means that if it's 60, it actually costs 60 because there's no taxation on it. Yeah, makes a big difference. 
Uh, your tax trap number seven is the hidden cost of large purchases like big cars or boats or houses or things like that. How is that impacted by the Roth conversions? Well, if I may, I'll just I'll share just a one of one story that comes to mind after 38 years of just being in a fantastic position that people have allowed us to walk, allowed me to walk beside them in this whole retirement journey. And um, there's a, a couple came to me, um, I'll call them Chuck and Kay, just to pr protect their names. Um, they were, they had not far, been, they had not retired very long, uh, early 60s. And they had been vacationing up in Estes Park, Colorado for several years. Well, this one particular year, they decided to look around and they found a realtor that showed them some properties and they pushed pause and they came back to talk to their financial advisor who happened to be me. And they, they called a meeting and we sat down and we started discussing their finances. And they said, boy, we would love to buy this little cabin up in Estes Park. We can see it as a great place for our family to gather. We can do some amazing things and really do some cool stuff. And we really want to get it. Can we afford it? And so I, I knew the answer, but the goal isn't to give them the answer. The goal is to give them the confidence that they really could afford it. And so you go through the steps and you show them, look, if we just took this money totally away, you would still have more money when you die than you have today. All's good. Well, Jordan, I mean, on on face value, that sounds like a game plan, doesn't it? It sounds yes. like something you'd be willing to do. Right. Until it came to the part of the conversation where they were already hyped, they were excited, they were going to get to buy this cabin, and then it came down to me saying, okay, so, um, so here's what we'll do. Here's how we'll handle the taxes on the distribution from your IRA to pay for this because that's where all the money had to come from. And when, when Charlie saw the amount of taxes he was going to pay to get that fantastic place to create memories for his family and legacy of times with grandma and grandpa, all the things that go into the reasons we do things for family, he balked and he fell short. And it was, it was a really tough hill for him to get over to be willing to pay the tax to be able to get what he wanted. That's a big example, but I've seen people do that with $50,000 purchases from a vehicle they want to buy or $80,000 for a boat or $20,000 for a family vacation. They call and they say, we're going to take our kids and our grands to wherever and we need $25,000 because we're going to just pay for the whole thing and make some memories. Great. Sounds good. So um, I'm estimating that's going to be about $7,000 in taxes for you. How do you want me to handle that? Mm-hmm. And they, they stop. If you have the money and you have the resources, don't let tax keep you from doing it. And the best way I know is to put yourself in a position to win as opposed to the problem with doing that. And so you get the conversions done. You pay the tax on the seed. So the harvest becomes totally tax-free for the rest of your life. And if you do it strategically, you will actually save millions of dollars of income taxes. You'll save tens of thousands of dollars of Medicare premiums if you get it right. If you just wing it, we're not talking about, we're talking about first world problems here, right? Roth conversions are not going to make or break a retirement, but 
if you don't get conversions right, you will never know what you left at the doorstep of the IRS. You go out and do your own spreadsheets, do your own thing, and you will get a better strategy probably as long as you get to a higher tax bracket than you're in, it'll be better than nothing. But we talk a lot about, gosh, you worked a lifetime. Why don't you get everything possible of the benefits to yourself and to your family? So Roth conversions solve those those issues as well as the large purchases issue. You get control of it. And now you get to make decisions because you want it and you feel like it's valuable and it adds value to your family or to, to the lives of others. The other thing I should add here that we haven't talked about is charitable contributions are a big part of a Roth conversion strategy, Jordan. Because yes. if you're going to give the money away anyway, there certainly are the easy rules of the QCD, the qualified charitable donation rules that you can benefit from, which gives you a little bit of a hint of how much not to convert if you are charitably minded. But there are other strategies through donor advised funds and those kinds of things that if you have the right situations exist in your life, you can actually do some pretty amazing conversion amounts and not pay hardly any tax because you're just going to go ahead and pre prepay the charitables and pay a lot less in tax. Now, you actually will give the money away someday, but there's, there is part of your strategy, if you are charitably inclined, it needs to be really built in a really good charitable planning strategy as well. Very good. In the roughly two minutes we have left, why don't you just kind of summarize what difference it'll make in people's lives to follow these strategies until, instead of what they normally do? Well, many of the people who come to us uh, come to us in their 70s. And after hearing what we do and seeing the work that we do, the most common statement that we hear is, man, I wish I'd have met you 10 years ago. Yeah. Or gosh, I wish that my advisor or CPA would have been, would have said this to me because they are saddled with these large RMDs that are going to keep coming. Now we can get, we can help, but once you're 75 years old or older, you, you're probably doing Roth conversions because it's going to help your family, not so much you. On the yeah. other, on the flip side of that, I just finished a case this morning working with a lady that million and a half or so. And by the time she's 75 years old, she has no more income tax to pay. Her largest tax bill for the rest of her life is going to be $1,200 because she, she chose to do it. Very good. Well, thanks so much. Our guest this hour has been Craig Ware. He's an expert on IRAs. His book is called Roth Conversion Secrets, The Biggest Mistakes IRA Millionaires Make, Also Paying the Piper. You can find out more at his website, craigware.com. We've learned a lot during the last hour. Thanks so much for being a great guest on the Money Answer Show, Craig. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks for being a great host. I appreciate you having me on. Very good. Thanks so much, and we'll be back next week with another edition of the Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.